Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining us right here on tuesday night this is the debut episode of what we are calling tnt the tuesday night titans i am jd from new york as always joined by my very good friend andrew Baydala. bro what is going on man Oh, wait a minute. Why can't we hear you? Hold What's on. What's going on, man? Oh, How there are you? you go. I thought that was me, bro. Holy shit. You, you almost, bro, you're just as bad as Jesse already. Look at this guy. Hey, listen, you do your <laughs> intro. I make sure I'm on mute. You never know what happens here. So we got to oh, make sure that the uh, audios don't clash. What's going on? No, nothing much, man. Nothing much. We got uh, we got a lot to get into tonight on this uh, on this debut episode, man. It's a long time coming. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't really know uh, the uh, the whole history we've actually wanted to work together for a little bit and it's always seemingly a schedule issue or 
you know, something else coming up. But we finally uh, got this thing going. And after uh, quite a few successful Twitter spaces, that's always a good time with the crew. Uh, we figured we uh, transformed this thing into uh, a YouTube thing. So here we are. Yeah, here we are. Ready to rock and roll. And yeah, the spaces are fun. Uh, I've always enjoyed your passion uh, for the, you know, professional wrestling industry. So it's good to be doing this. Listen, man, I appreciate your uh, your enthusiasm as well. You're an educated guy. That's what I really want to uh, surround myself with. And that's why we're here. Let's get it done. Let's get to, uh, I don't know, man, Monday Night Raw. We'll start, we'll start light. Monday Night Raw. This um, is light? Yeah, yeah, Monday Night Raw. Um, what'd, you, what'd you think of last night's show, man? I thought it was, for, for what, we're, for what we're, we've been given on Monday night, I honestly thought it was a very straightforward show. The build towards Money in the Bank, though simplistic. Uh, we got a lot of things building to flesh that card out. I really can't complain about what we were given on Monday Night Raw. That third hour is atrocious, but minus that, um, I, I thought they did uh, an admirable, a serviceable job on Monday Night last night. Are you, like, falling in love with WWE all of a sudden? Nah, gonna, nah. All right, all right, nah. I didn't think so. Uh, listen, Monday Night Raw, I thought was a good show. Was it great? No, the three hours is hard to watch. Um, it always has been, but, I mean, we need to get over it. I just think that that's just where the business is. SmackDown might go to three hours. But for last night's episode, a lot of hits. But then some misses, um, you know, for me, the whole Cody Rhodes, Dominic thing, like I get it. Um, my son's invested. He's six in anything that Cody does. But for me, not having Cody in the money in the bank is a miss. And we're only getting six competitors in this year's money in the bank. I say only because normally it's been eight, uh, but six is a good number. I just think the money in the bank lacks a lot of star power that the ladder match does. And it's very predictable, which has not been WWE's MO. So uh, the overall episode of Monday Night Raw, yeah, it was it was it was okay. It was good. It did what it needed to get done, and people are all over the oh, the women's world heavyweight championship looks exactly like the men's. Well, no shit. Yeah, <laughs> like they all look alike, my man. Yeah, I, well, I yeah. mean, I guess we'll start there. The, the men's Money in the Bank field. Uh, I, I think this is really a general feeling in the community, uh, especially on Twitter. I, I seen a, a, quite a few people last night saying the same thing that we were talking about. I mentioned it on my show last night. Uh, the men's money in the bank field is lacking star power. And we got Santos Escobar. We got Ricochet. We got Shinsuke Nakamura. L.A. Knight's in there. You got to say that better. It's Santos Escobar. Santos Escobar. I'm sorry. I'm not, uh, I'm, not, uh, the, uh, I'm not into uh, – man, I, spell, I failed Spanish four years in a row. All right. <laughs> so I have, uh, I have an excuse. But uh, I love Santos. I think he's great. Um, Butch is in this thing, and Damian Priest. Now, Damian Priest is obviously the dark horse in this thing. I don't really see him winning, though it would create quite the uh, creative direction if he does win it. Why do you think they lacked, but why do you think they went into this lacking star power? Do they want to make it as it used to be in the past where the up-and-coming guys are being groomed as the next big thing in WWE? Is this the six best up-and-coming guys that are going to build the WWE's future, this is what this match is becoming now? Well, it's funny. You know, wrestling fans complain that the sky is blue and there's not enough sunshine, and it, then they'll complain that there's too much rain. You know how this works, right? Yes. So we've complained for years that there's too many main eventers already in this Money in the Bank ladder match, and realistically, it's uh, a vehicle to get somebody over, quote-unquote, who who's not a main eventer yet. Uh, or to reestablish somebody who's maybe going through a character change and needs to push uh, to that next level. 
so I think that this is uh, a breath of fresh air, but they could have added maybe one more solid main eventer here to maybe, you know, suspend your disbelief. Cause right now there's only, I mean, it's only LA night and Damian priest was just in a main event match, had yeah. his world championship shot. So they could go that direction, but this just screams, screams LA night. Um, but I, you know, I think they're listening quote unquote, or maybe appeasing the vocal minority where it's like, okay, we're not going to throw Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, Cody Rhodes, Riddle, Damian Priest, LA Knight, and Butch in it because, you know, then, you know, there's a lot of main eventers in there. We're not giving the guys who need the shine the shine. So I, I think it's very catch 22. I think it's going to be appealing to some, and some people are going to be like, well, it's very predictable. So, well, why, do, why don't you think they put Cody Rhodes in this match? I mean, he would he's made- not going to win it. That's why. And well, that's what I, well, well, I mean, yes, uh, they could have easily did the whole Brock Lesnar thing uh, to have him uh, ruin Cody's chances. Yeah, he you wasn't. Think Brock's he, going over to London. No, he's not going to no. be there. No, no. So Dominic is going to lose and just be fed to Cody Rhodes then. Well, I mean, you know, listen. If <laughs> WWE wants to burn an appearance and throw Lesnar, you know, on a private flight to London to have Dominic win that match because of a Lesnar screw job from Cody. And then we get to build the SummerSlam. So be it. I don't think they're going to do that. I'm not quite sure Brock wants to go to London, but if you pay the man enough money, I think he'll do whatever the hell you ask him to. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, it, it makes sense for him to be there. I mean, I, I said yeah. this last night, I think Dominic going over Cody Rhodes is the way to go here. Honestly. I agree. I agree. How uh, they get there. I don't know. That's the question. Yeah. Cody Rhodes uh, with the broken, the, the bionic arm, the broken arm, quote unquote, uh, he would have added that star power. Uh, I know you have been uh, very vocal, Drew, about maybe adding a seventh or maybe an eighth guy. They used to do eight guys in the past. Logan Paul is appearing next Monday on Raw. Do you see him as the proverbial seventh man in this thing to add the star power to that money in the bank that you seemingly think is missing? You could. I would rather see Drew or Drew McIntyre or Randy Orton in this one if they want to do a surprise uh, entry, you know, for the seventh man, um, because Logan is showing up on raw next week. And I, I love, uh, what Logan has given to the wrestling business coming from the outside and really taking it seriously and training and all that other stuff. And that, that was well, well received. And he came off very, very well in all of his matches. Now he's had some great dance partners. Let's not forget about that. Um, but no, I don't need Logan in the money in the bank. And I wish people would stop asking for Logan Paul and bad bunny at WrestleMania because who's calling that match? I got to know. Who is no, it? No, nobody. I mean, right. Logan Paul did have some complimentary things to say about Bad Bunny today in an interview saying that yeah. he's an athlete and Bad Bunny's a musician and he should not be as good as he is. You know, I don't know if that's setting up for anything potentially in the future, but uh, I know a lot of people have been calling for that match. Uh, but the- I think you guys would hate it. I could be wrong, but I think everybody would hate that match because realistically, Bad Bunny had a fantastic match at backlash in Puerto Rico against Damian priest. He had a great dance partner, you know, uh, Damian's been doing this for decades and Logan's had some fantastic dance partners, Roman, Seth, the Miz. I mean, you can't ask for much more. I don't think you really want to pull that curtain back too much and see two entertainers. Cause that's what Logan is. And that's what bad bunny is. Go at it. When you don't have a ring general in there. Sorry. So what does Logan Paul do on Monday Night Raw next week if he's not being included in the money in the bank? He's not challenging Seth Rollins, is he? Maybe. I don't know. But I mean, it's, su- it's summertime, brother. They need some They need some ratings. They need to pop some ratings, you know? And that's the thing. The summertime is normally dreadful for the wrestling business. Now, WWE is seeing a surge in ticket sales and, it's, and viewership and everything else like that. But will that be sustainable 
come July and August when everybody and their mother wants to be outside on in a pool at the beach at, at the lake. I don't know if people are coming in at seven o'clock or eight o'clock at night to watch professional wrestling. No, nah, it's been a long, it was a long winter. I don't, uh, I don't blame people for not wanting uh, to watch pro wrestling. And that's where Tony Khan's going to be uh, looking at an uphill battle. We'll get to that in a little bit, but Logan Paul, I mean, one of two things, obviously open challenge for Seth Rollins. Don't really care about the open challenge. I'll get to that in a second. He could be in the money in the bank. We will see what happens on Monday. I, I want to go back to Cody just for one question. Do you think Cody and this feud with Dominic, does it end with Dominic? If Lesnar shows up, it's obviously an easy in for Lesnar and Rhodes at SummerSlam for part three. Is this little detour here and back to Lesnar, is WWE really testing the fans' patience with Cody Rhodes? Is he going to be able to keep this momentum? Is WWE creative going to be able to keep this momentum with Cody Rhodes to finish the story because from me to you, I'm a Cody Rhodes guy. I, I I know a lot of people on social media think I hate Cody Rhodes all of a sudden because he defected to WWE. I don't give a shit about that. I, I, I just don't like the creative direction of where they've taken Cody Rhodes. I don't think that they'll be able to keep Cody's momentum going into WrestleMania. And by the time we get there, I honestly feel like I'm going to want Roman Reigns to continue his reign as the Universal Champion. And Cody, I, I hope, doesn't finish the story. Yeah, and a little backstory to that. When I had found out that Cody was a free agent, quote unquote, and, you know, Tony Khan and Cody and I believe Brandy put that out there uh, very quickly that, you know, they were no longer under contract, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we had exchanged texts and you had said, boy, if Cody goes to WWE, if they use him correctly, that's a major get. Yeah. So, no, JD was never on the screw Cody because he goes he went to WWE. That That's just complete and utter garbage. Um, but I will say this for me and for you the story is being dragged out um, because we wanted something. I didn't want Cody to win at WrestleMania 39. I would have been okay with it. My son did. And I keep going back to this because a lot of us here in this space and on these you know, shows or whatever, we book for ourselves and we get this thought in our head. And then it's like, well, they don't give it to us. Damn it. We hate what they're putting out and it's garbage and it's, it's not fair. And I don't like this and I don't like that. We really need to take a step back and having a son who's watching professional wrestling or maybe invite your friends over who are not diehards or the hardcores um, or just if they are, you know, watch it through their eyes at times. I have started having people over to watch wrestling at my house with my son, his friends, my friends from football. Shout out to Lamar who provides me with these hoodies. Um, they will watch and you can see the excitement that they have about Cody. Do I think they missed the opportunity? For me, yes. But my son is still invested in the Cody Rhodes story, and they have done a great job, they being WWE, of not even talking about how Cody wasn't able to finish his story. The whole story right now is Brock Lesnar. And then now you get this little, you know, Dominic speed bump. But no, you know, Dominic and, and Cody are not going to have a continuing feud. This is just to get to SummerSlam, and then we'll have to see where this goes. The story for Roman right now is the bloodline. That's what it is, the crumbling of the bloodline. Who's with who? Who's not with them? Are we going to get a match at Money in the Bank? Are we going to get a match at SummerSlam? So for me, the story is being dragged out. But for the other people that I've seen, they're still invested. And that's so, all that matters. So you look at the WrestleMania situation with Reigns and Cody, and you don't feel like they made a mistake even four months 
No. Uh, into this Lesnar and Cody feud by the time we get to SummerSlam, you don't think that they made that they made a mistake by having him lose at WrestleMania? No, here, they could have went either way, and I think it would have been good for business. But here's the biggest thing, right? Because I, I, think- because I, wanted, I, I wanted Reigns to win, and, and I, I actually went back on what I said. I was one of the biggest advocates for Reigns to win, and I pushed that narrative big in the community. People were fucking down my throat because yeah, so of that. And, and, then, and then I, I kind of changed my tune. I'm like, maybe you guys were right, because I, well, I just don't see where this is going right now. I think we all have that because it's like what could have been, you know, what could have been if the Patriots went undefeated and broke the Dolphins record and won that Super Bowl. Shout out to the New York Giants for not letting us have that. I appreciate that, even though I'm a Jets fan. There's always the what ifs, right? There's what ifs in everything. And I think they could have went that way and we'd be seeing Cody's run right now. But the story isn't finished with Roman and what is going on on that side. And it's been a long story. And everyone's like, oh, you know, the WWE doesn't give us this and that. They are. They've been giving it to you for now two years, almost three. And you want the Roman's reign to end. Um, So, no, I don't think Cody winning the championship at WrestleMania uh, was the wrong call. Uh, I I don't believe that. I believe that Cody not winning the championship was the right call. Uh, And I'll say this. They had just signed this man to a contract a year ago. He missed nine months, nine to ten months, that being Cody Rhodes. And they still have, I believe it's a three or four year deal. So why does, why do we live in such an instantaneous society where we need everything right now, right now we need it, right? He needs to win the championship right now. He, he needed to win the Royal rumble, which was predictable. Uh, he being Cody Rhodes. I think the WWE made the right decision. Roman is your unequivalent God here in WWE. There is nobody on Roman's level. Cody might get there. But we still have four years, quote unquote, I, you know, could be three, left on that contract. Why do we need to give Cody Rhodes that championship and only tell a story in three months where we could tell a story over 15 months and get you guys really invested? That, that's, it- that, that's, where, that's where it goes. I mean, that, the longer story is the, bigger, the biggest payoff. But I, I honestly feel like with what you said, people are looking at right time, right place, the moment, capturing that lightning in a bottle, WrestleMania in front of 80,000 people, that moment with Sammy and KO there, helping him win to tie up that story then and there. I think that's what people are really hanging their, their emotional feelings on, and to have that snatched away from them, th- there, was, there was revolt the next night. They uh, gave or, or you the, that. the next 72 hours. They gave you that. The, the, the story at WrestleMania was Cody falls and has to rebuild basically hard times, and the Usos are crumbling. They're the weak link in the bloodline. And KO and Sammy realize their, their, their dream is becoming tag team champions. And that was the first crack in the bloodline. Um, but Roman, if, you, if everybody will take a step back, go back and watch WrestleMania 39. Go back and watch it. Roman and, and Cody Rhodes, that match ended in a screw job, technically. Yeah. Solo Sokoa screwed Cody. I mean, it's not like Cody lost clean, man. He didn't lose clean. He got screwed. There's still a story there. WWE is just smart, and they're not telling you it. That's it. They're not putting it in front of your face. That they're not talking about Cody and Roman. They're not. They, the two are on complete opposite sides of the of the world right now in terms of WWE, and that's what's what's smart what they're doing because that they're going to head back to that eventually. Where hopefully it's WrestleMania 40. Now I will say this: if they don't pull the trigger at WrestleMania 40, I think you do lose the audience. Well, then he's going to have to win the Royal Rumble for a second year in a row. Because that's, the, that's I, the only way he gets back to him. Which I don't like because I'm 36 years old. But I remember being that kid who watched Shawn Michaels win in 95 and 96. And I didn't think twice about it. And yeah. I guarantee you my six-year-old son won't give a shit that Cody Rhodes wins back-to-back Royal Rumbles. For me, I would have had him win the Money in the Bank 
called a shot at SummerSlam in Detroit and won the championship. But I'm not writing for WWE, and obviously there's a bigger picture. So I sit back and watch because that's what wrestling is. It's entertainment for me. So clearly, after Cody and Lesnar finishes up, it's going to be incredibly pivotal who Cody Rhodes' opponent is going to be to carry him into the, I say, the fall and, and winter months as we get back into that Royal Rumble WrestleMania season. What do you do? Who do you put him in there against? I mean, you got, you know, possibly a heel Drew McIntyre. Uh, you got a Randy Orton returning. I mean, do you see any one of those guys potentially getting in Cody's way? He's going to need a big name. He's not going to be wrestling some mid middle of the card, middle of the road nobody. I mean, it's not going to be the Miz for the next three months after Brock Lesnar. It's got to be a major name on level with Brock Lesnar. Who is that? No, and that's what they did. They gave you Lesnar at Backlash, Lesnar at, at Night of Champions. You're getting Dominic uh, in a match where if Cody loses, that's a huge, huge feather in Dom's cap. Either it's a screw job or not. Dominic winning that match over Cody Rhodes is a big push in the direction. And then you have SummerSlam with Lesnar again. Now we have a bunch of different PLEs coming up, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, et cetera, et cetera. And who are Cody's opponents? It's a great question. They, they can go any which way. Um, but for me... If we start to see that Cody Rhodes is maybe starting to go into that Seth Rollins category for the World Heavyweight Championship, then we might start to have to sit back and be like, maybe they're not doing Cody and Roman at WrestleMania 40, and maybe we're going to get Co a Roman and Solo or Roman and I, you know, we've been talking about this for years and it's probably not going to happen. Are we going to get Roman and Rock? I don't think that's the way to go because whoever beats Roman and wins that World undisputed excuse me championship which is dumb to begin with but undisputed championship their career trajectory when you beat roman reigns just skyrocketed and i think the only person that needs that quote unquote is cody so for me i pulled the trigger at wrestlemania 40 but it'll be interesting to see where they go cody Rhodes' opponents drew randy um and if they start to go seth i mean i could see cody try and challenge for that world heavyweight championship maybe at I don't know, one of these, I don't want to call them BPLEs, but they are, you know, the the non-major five. Um, it'll be interesting, though, because you really don't want to keep doing Lesnar. I think after SummerSlam, we got to pull the Lesnar plug. Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes, I mean, they have to tie up loose ends with Cody and Roman. I mean, they can't. you can't leave that match the way that it ended like no. that. And they're smart to not talk about it, not revisit yeah. it. Cody hasn't talked about that match at all since Backlash. Since, you know, that's it. That's been, uh, uh, you know, when Lesnar did what he did, right after that, it was Brock Lesnar. We haven't heard about anything about Cody getting his revenge on Roman at all. No. Nothing. Nothing. Speaking of Seth Rollins, we have Seth Rollins as the world's heavyweight champion on Monday Night Raw. Open challenge the first week against Damian Priest. And now he has a second open challenge, Drew, two times in the last three weeks is the open challenge gimmick pretty much played out in not just WWE, but AEW as well. All of professional wrestling. I seem, uh, I, it seems like they go back to that. Well, once too often with the open challenge, I feel like it's nothing more than creative, basically telling you without blatantly telling you that uh, they have nothing planned for the show and that they want to take the easy way out for the night. Uh, something like Seth Rollins' World Championship should not be done in an open challenge. How, how do you feel about him having a second open challenge for the World Championship? Even though he said he wants to be a fighting champion, I feel like it does diminish Finn Balor's opportunity. I feel like it diminishes the title. And I feel like Roman Reigns, I said this last night on my show, Roman Reigns would never defend the title in an open challenge. Why should Seth Rollins defend the title in an open challenge? Because they're two different champions. Roman Reigns is your... <laughs> 
There's attractions. <laughs> That's the easy and, answer, bro. I mean, well, you got to make saying. them feel even. Well, but there, Roman Reigns is an attraction. There's a difference between an attraction and a star. And Seth is teetering. He'll get there. He's almost there. But Roman is your attraction. I mean, Roman is box office. I don't. I hate to sound like Paul Heyman, but Roman is box office. And I, we're not breaking any news here, but I'm seeing a ton of DMs that Seth Rollins accepted Braun Breaker's World Heavyweight Championship invitation for next week on WWE NXT. So you got to figure that what Seth is, is your fighting world's heavyweight champion because we hadn't seen that on Monday Night Raw for a very long time because Roman was never on besides an appearance here or there or when they were at Madison Square Garden or a big venue where they needed to sell tickets, et cetera, et cetera. They, Seth Rollins is the complete polar opposite of Roman Reigns in terms of being a, champ, a champion, and I dig that. I think it's good that they're not making them on the same level in terms of defending the championships because it would start to diminish Roman Reigns' world heavyweight championship reign or undisputed heavyweight championship reign if he was fighting every single SmackDown. It's dumb. We haven't seen a, the world heavyweight championship or the WWE undisputed championship be defended on Monday Night Raw in a very long time besides what Seth's been doing right now, and I dig it. They should cut it. After a couple, you know, weeks. I mean, after month. the Braun Breaker thing, I mean, I think they should cut it. I mean, I don't yeah. even know why that's, first of all, that match is even happening. Number two, uh, I would like to see it solidified as a, a top-tier prize that needs to be earned and an opportunity for it needs to be earned. I, I mean, if you want a TV title, go watch Orange Cassidy. Yeah, the, the World Heavyweight Championship match being on NXT is strange. I wonder what competition they have next Tuesday. Because WWE is calculated. I mean, is this just a, a ploy to get a new contract for NXT? Yes. To, but oh, so then there you go. But I mean, I this is a strange one. This is where I think like creative needed to draw the line and just be like, no, that match can happen on Raw. Braun can come up to Raw, yeah. and have that match on NXT. I don't, I don't see it. I'll tune in, and I don't regularly watch NXT. Sorry guys, but it's just not my stuff. It's it's bad at times, really bad. So I don't watch it. He should be on the main roster anyway, I think, Braun Breaker. Yeah. He's, he's ready. I mean, what is a loss going to do for him? Is that is that going to be a deterrent to him if he loses no. to Rollins next week? No. no. It's at NXT. So who has uh, Breaker been feuding with recently? Carmelo? Carmelo? Yeah. So Carmelo could screw him. You know, they could do that. I mean, there's many ways. And when you're losing to the World Heavyweight Champion, and that be it Seth Rollins as your World Heavyweight Champion, no, Braun Breaker, it doesn't hurt him to lose. I mean... I know Kevin Owens, I believe, did he beat John Cena's first night on Raw? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we can we can take a, a loss for Breaker here, and he could still have a fantastic career. I think people make a lot out of wins and losses. And well, they, they did that with Charlotte, too. What, what happened with Charlotte? Didn't she lose on, uh, I don't know if it was uh, against Natty on, on Monday like Night Raw? Something like that. She lost and be like, how do you have Charlotte lose? I let out look at Charlotte. Fucking everybody's complaining about Charlotte. 14 right. title I've, reigns. I think fans make too much about wins and losses. I really do. I always felt that way. Speaking of losses, Judgment Day may be losing somebody, bro. Balor or Priest, uh, are we headed towards a Judgment Day split? I know we talked about this on The Spaces. We talked about this, uh, I think, last week as well because they teased it at the end of the show. And I mentioned this on my show last night. It certainly looks like one or the other is leaving the group and everybody's trying to figure out who. Uh, I honestly feel like... Damian Priest has the most upside as a single here, and I feel like he's got major breakout potential, and I feel like WWE, with what they've done with him, he's exceeded and passed the test with flying colors, and I feel like he's ready to break out on his own. That's the next main event guy on Monday Night Raw. Long time coming, honestly. Uh, but Balor, 
I don't know if Balor would survive as a babyface going back to what he used to do, bro. I, I honestly feel like Balor with the Judgment Day is actually a better fit for him. And then I feel like they replaced Priest with J.D. McDonough. How do you feel about uh, Judgment Day adding McDonough in, in light of uh, Damian Priest leaving the group? So I'll say this. Both men, character-wise, should stay heel because they're better off. Their yeah. characters are better as that. I hated Damian Priest, and I hate a strong word, but I strongly dislike Damian Priest as a face. And I strongly disliked Finn as a face. But if we're going to have to pick one, I go with Finn um, because I see what you see and which, you know, both men are starting to get up there in age, but I feel like Damian Priest has the, and Finn has always had the potential. I mean, he was the first undisputed, you know, champion. I get that. Um, or universal champion, but I think it's time that Damian Priest got pushed to where he belongs, and that's the main event there. He's already there. I think the money in the bank could go his way, and that's how they get the split between the rift between Finn and Priest because Finn is going to lose at Money in the Bank to Seth Rollins. And if you have Damian Priest walk around with that briefcase and Finn's jealous and all that other stuff, that could be your, your tipping point. But the major thing that I got from Monday Night Raw when the interaction between uh, the Judgment Day uh, and Finn and Seth is you should never WWE creative should never put a person in a talent in the ring with Seth Rollins. There's no I in team, but there is one in indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites, searching for candidates with the right skills, indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And try and have that person have a meaningful promo because the crowd's not going to let you talk. Oh, that was, was that was fucking awful last night. Finn I mean, I, was I, flustered. I hated that segment. They just yeah. Finn kept it going. I don't know if that was an order from the back or if that was just Finn trying to make the segment garner a little bit more heat. But man, I honestly feel like he cut a decent promo where a lot of people don't really look at Finn for his promo work, and it was an important moment to build the title match and yeah. all they did was let the crowd overtake the segment and i mean you talk about an overplayed gimmick man that that's singing shit though I, I enjoy it when he's making his way down the aisle but something like that i feel like it just took away from the entire meaning of the segment seth could have stepped in and maybe been yeah. like hey like hey boys like i and girls like i like, i love it thank you but you know let's hear what this idiot has to say or yeah. something like that and he didn't and that's not a knock on seth i just think that we creative needs to realize what they have. And it seems as if putting somebody in the ring with Seth Rollins to have any meaningful promo is a giant mistake because the crowd who at times likes to, likes to feel like they're the, the star of the show is not going to shut up. And I don't hate the singing. I, I mean, Seth is so over, but at that point in time, Finn did deliver a great promo. And I don't, I bet you the masses don't even know what the hell he said. 
What about Damian Priest being the one to beat Gunther for the IC title if he goes Good. rogue, if he goes single? Love that. Absolutely love that. Uh, whoever beats Gunther, again, is his star rises. Yeah. And I think that needs to be somebody who, um, you know, needs it. I mean, we talked about Randy Orton on the spaces. Randy doesn't need it, but Randy beating Gunther makes sense. And then all that does is elevate that Intercontinental Championship to whoever beats Randy now is another elevated star. So it could work. Either way, Damian Priest, Randy Orton, I'd love to see Gargano. Um, but it's got to be meaningful because it's been a meaningful title reign. And shout out and kudos to WWE Creative, Triple H, whomever you want to shout out because now the United States Championship and the Intercontinental Championship have some goddamn meaning, and we've all been clamoring for that. Yeah, so. it hasn't flip-flopped back and forth every other week, so I appreciate that greatly, and uh, it only enhances Gunther's overall aura on WWE television. I honestly believe he's the best thing outside Roman Reigns on television, so hopefully they keep that going. Speaking of Roman, shift gears to SmackDown, the bloodline. Biggest thing in WWE, the biggest thing in all wrestling is this bloodline story. Obviously, people are coming up with their own theories about where it's going. Is the bloodline story, Drew, enough to disguise Roman Reigns' inability to defend the world championship? Because I know a lot of people, I got into a a heavy uh, plethora of arguments, and now, you know, it's amazing how people called me out for hating Roman, and now they're calling me out for liking Roman, it, How could you not? It, it's great. I mean, it's crazy. Now people uh, say that I got my my fucking nose up Roman's ass now, and I'm a Roman oh, dick rider and all this other shit. But it, the, the thing is, the thing is, bro, I, I love a long title reign like this. I, I don't really appreciate how, like you mentioned before, people have no patience. Roman has accumulated 1,000 days, and the most important thing to me, the biggest takeaway, is that he's done it without any major injury. Because every time he steps in the ring, he's risking an injury, no matter what. Yes, he wrestles, and he's a general in there, and he commands the style that he that he goes in there and, and wrestles as. But him as a thousand days without injury, to me, is a huge takeaway. And, and then people want to come back and, oh, it's easy to defend the title four times a year and have not have an injury. I'm like, where the fuck are you guys? Like, where is this Roman hatred narrative coming from? So a lot of people are like, oh, he only defends the title four or five times a year, which we know is not true, but... Story trumps everything right now that's going on with Roman. And I honestly feel like the way we are going, he doesn't really need the championship that much longer. But is this going to anger people more that we get into Money in the Bank, we get a tag team match with the Bloodline, and he doesn't defend the title? We go into uh, SummerSlam, and he defends the title against Jay Uso or Jimmy Uso or a triple threat match with both of them. We continue the family feud going into to, to SummerSlam. What's what's the whole the whole feeling here without... Um, really angering these people. How, how do we get Roman and those people to really sit down and appreciate what he's doing with the championship? Who gives a shit about those people? Seriously, They're, you're not going to please them anyway. I mean, seriously, I don't. I, you guys can come at me. I'm at Andrew Badal. It's right here. If it's not right here, it's, <laughs> I'll spell it for you later. I don't. Who gives a shit? I mean, seriously, here's the deal. You go. You watch wrestling to be entertained in the story. What's the best story in WWE right now? It's the Bloodline. Sit down, shut up, have a soda or whatever you drink water, beer, I'm a tequila guy, and enjoy the show. And if you don't enjoy the show, turn the channel. Give, like, I, I don't understand. Like, the blood, Roman doesn't defend the championship all the time. Where, where, how old are you? When were you watching wrestling? Hogan wrestled, like, I don't know. He defended the title, like, six times a year at best on television or pay-per-views. Um, and yeah, he was defending the title at house shows, 
because that's how they were making their money because they weren't, you know, syndicated. Then they were and all this other stuff. But I mean, come on. Like, well, I don't Bro, understand what you want. It, what do you guys uh, want? Back, you want a title match every week? But yeah, I mean, yes, uh, that's what they want. They want meaningless six-man tag team matches with Roman Reigns on TV. He doesn't wrestle. I mean, I would rather Roman not wrestle. Every There's appearance a, yeah. every appearance he shows up, you know, it could be two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. It, it makes the appearance that much more special. You know, exactly. it makes the title and then these, that much more yeah, special. And then these, this guy would show up every week, and people would be like, I'm so sick of this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Now he shows up on SmackDown. They make an announcement. Roman's going to be on SmackDown. They pop a two and everyone's like, can't stand him. Well, you can because you're tuning in and the casuals are tuning in. So Roman's an attraction. There's a difference. What's what's the difference between Roman not defending his title and a boxer, world's heavyweight championship boxer, not defending his championship? How many times would that happen? Maybe once, twice, three times, maybe a year. What about a UFC heavyweight champion? How many times do they 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 get into the octagon and defend that title yearly? Hey, three times? I got yeah, I got a question for these fans. How many times does MJF defend the world championship on Dynamite? Shut up. Next question. I don't want I don't want him to defend the title. You he shouldn't. Won't. You shouldn't. Uh, he shouldn't. Right. Well, he wrestles only five times a year. Yeah. So what? So that's <laughs> you're gonna buy the pay-per-views or you're gonna buy a streaming subscription to see those title defenses because they're meaningful. When things become watered down, people don't want to watch it. No. They, it dilutes everything. I mean, there's so much wrestling going on in a week. I feel like my kids are over in the corner asking me when they're going to be fed because I got to keep up with all this shit. So, I mean, seriously, like, I, what more do you want from these the, the companies? They're giving you everything they possibly can just because you're not getting a world championship match every night. You're spoiled. That's what you want. When Roman's not there, we have Gunther to rely on. That's your champion. That is your, that is your Roman when Roman is not there. Appreciate how much Gunther means to the company that you got somebody like that when Roman is not there. We don't need Roman every week. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, the ultimate warrior. These guys were wrestling as the intercontinental Razor Ramon, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the rock as intercontinental champion on Monday night, raw SmackDown, whatever superstars. And they were carrying the brand, but the draw and the attraction was Hogan savage, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Speaking of MJF, we got MJF on Wednesday in a world title eliminator, which I can't stand. I don't like a uh, champion putting the uh, opportunity to wrestle him again on the line if he loses. Uh, this is a WWE thing, so Tony Khan's doing an eliminator match with Adam Cole on Wednesday. Uh, if MJF loses this match, which I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to lose. I mean, MJF losing would be a, a huge fucking mistake. Not how, 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 do, how do we get, because this obviously is going to be MJF's next opponent, Drew. How, how do we get this match to wherever they want it to happen again, whether it be at All In or All Out or Forbidden Door? Uh, what, what do we do here? Is this the right time and right place to start beginning this feud in a match with an Eliminator uh, gimmick behind it? Well, first of all, shout out to you that you're not, you know, what everyone says you are, which is an AEW homer and everything that AEW does that you love. I know that you're not, but I mean, you're, there's people who do say that, and he's yes. not. He, he criticizes both companies the same way, truthfully. If he doesn't like something, he being JD, he doesn't like it. Adam Cole and MJF, they told a story. I thought it was a good one uh, last week on Dynamite, how MJF was a giant Cole fan, et cetera, et cetera. And I love MJF because he's, you know, from my home, my hometown and everything else like that. Um, but I love him because what he's done 
as a professional wrestler. And I say love in terms of <laughs> the way that he goes about the business. I got, I got my know? cat jumping on the fucking desk. Oh. In front. There's nothing but a fucking <laughs> tail right in front of the camera. <laughs> I can't see you. But I, I, I respect what he's done for the business, and I love what he has brought back to the business. Now, there's some things that I disagree with what he's done, and I think he takes his character too far, but that's okay. If that's the world he wants to live in, then so be it, because some don't take it seriously enough. The story with him and Adam Cole cannot go to all in. I don't see that. I have said this since day one. MJF should not, should not wrestle a New Japan talent at Forbidden Door. No. At all. It doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I don't want him facing their champion uh, from New Japan Pro Wrestling. I want nothing to do with it. And neither should MJF. If you want to have that match for the AW World Championship, I know it is a all-star game of sorts where this, you know, this guy's versing that guy and it's dream matches galore. You already have two of them. You'll probably get a third. Let MJF defend the world championship against Adam Cole at Forbidden Door. That way MJF's on the card. But if they don't decide to do that, do not have MJF wrestle anybody from New Japan because it makes no sense whatsoever. None. He should not be wrestling on that card if it's against a New Japan um, wrestler. I just, I don't see it. Um, you could do that match on Dynamite, but for what? Really, I mean, make them buy the pay-per-view. Make them buy the tickets. Um, you know, don't do what WCW did and give a lot of shit away for free. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how we go about this. I mean, is Adam Cole and Chris Jericho, is that story done? Because maybe Chris Jericho interferes on Wednesday night. We get uh, maybe MJF and Chris Jericho teaming up against Adam Cole and a partner to be named later for, for Forbidden Door or somewhere else down the line. I don't really maybe – this, maybe this leads to Kyle O'Reilly coming back. I have no fucking clue. Um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, but I, I'm in agreement with you. I don't want MJF to defend the world championship at Forbidden Door either because, you know, it's just a uh, – booking situation where Tony Khan and uh, New Japan are going to book themselves into a corner and nobody should be losing as their world champion. But Right, and Cole's going to win that match tomorrow. There's no doubt about that. Um, and if he doesn't... Sure, something like that. Yeah. They're going to keep MJF strong. I mean, they could have him go over where it's like a roll-up or something and MJF didn't see it coming. And then we get... you. Know, they could go that way too. But I think they're going to keep MJF strong. You're not going to see a dominant performance by Adam Cole. They're also going to keep Cole strong because Cole's going to win this match. How he wins, I don't know. But that match should not take place on another dynamite. In my opinion, that should take place on a pay-per-view. And I would do it at Forbidden Door. If you don't want to do it at Forbidden Door, you could do it at All-In. But I don't. That's not the match that I think you do it all in, man. No, that doesn't sell a stadium. I'm sorry. Respect to both men. That match is not selling a stadium. No, no, I wouldn't do that at all in either. Uh, how'd you feel about the Adam Cole and MJF segment on TV? A lot of people said it went long. I loved every minute of it. I thought it was TV gold. A lot of Who people said it went long. Some people said it went long. They're idiots. I, 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 MJF could fucking speak for two hours. I'd watch him uh, talk for two hours and cut a promo. But yeah, a, lot, a lot of people I, were upset, Drew, about uh, about MJF going the uh, body shaming route on Adam Cole, and uh, the, he he went there. I love the throwback to the Carrion Cross promo that Cole cut on Cross. There was a lot of there was a lot of you know a lot of people don't really appreciate MJF on, on how he has the finger on the pulse. You know, he he brought up all these dirt sheet rumors that I believe were true about Keith Lee being, you know, managed by Adam Cole and Vince didn't look at Adam Cole as a, as a top guy. That's why he left and he's a video gamer, he's a geek. And, and then he brought up the body shaming. A lot of people had a problem with the body shaming. I, I didn't have a problem with that. I actually thought that played right into the narrative why MJF's the fucking best heel in the business. MJF's a student of the game. 
a student of the game, and he also blends the internet trolls into his promos and everything that people say, the dirt sheet writers, et cetera, et cetera. MJF is so good on the mic, so good on the mic. And I loved what he said and how he brought it up because everyone's like, oh, are they shooting? He's shooting, brother. It's like that. It that you don't think that MJF talked to Adam Cole before this promo happened, and if he didn't, Cole's cool with it anyway. I mean, Cole knows who he is, and then Cole took a shot right back. Let's go piss in a cup. Yeah, the promo it was fantastic. Every both men did a fantastic job in this segment, and anybody who said it long needs to go hide under a rock for a little bit. Now, moving on from that. I, I agree there. I think uh, whatever they uh, are going to do, whether it's Wednesday or it continues on into uh, the next couple of weeks, I'll, I'm here for it because uh, I think that is a great match between those two guys. You know, th- this is a big week, and AEW is going to have a tremendous week where all eyes are going to be on them. The microscope is going to be zoomed in uh, uh, larger than ever before as we have the debut of AEW Collision. And a lot of people are already talking about ratings, Drew. A lot of people are already talking about attendance. I want to pull up some uh, attendance numbers here, as uh, I know you are uh, big into this type of thing. Now, you're going to the Chicago show, correct? I am, yes. Now, they should have roughly around 9,000 people, maybe maybe upwards towards 10,000, depending on how tickets uh, sell in the uh, wee hours there. So right now, this is coming from t- uh, WrestleTix. Uh, around 8,500 sold as of yesterday at 7.30 p.m. So What does WrestleTix have? What's the number? Uh, 8,437. That was yesterday at 7.30. Okay. Now, it may, it may obviously, it's got to be more than that. But uh, moving on to Toronto, uh, the next week, Drew, we got 18.71. And then Hamilton, Ontario is 8.83. That as, that's as of yesterday at 7.30. What, what the fuck is going on there? Well, I just think this is um I think this is a testament to a lot of, you know, wrestling and a lot of you know the Canada shows like you got to remember here. They they went to Toronto for Forbidden Door. Um and you know, the collision sales are are okay, but a lot of people probably spent their money on Forbidden Door. I, and I I think that we make a lot of ticket sales. WWE went through a rough patch where they could not sell like 4,000 tickets when they were here for a Monday Night Raw. I don't know how many years ago it was. I think my son was maybe five. Maybe it was a year and a half ago, two years ago. They couldn't sell 4,000 tickets for a Monday Night Raw. So this happens. Um, And I think that, again, we need to take into the equation. It's summertime. They're going to Canada. They're heading to Toronto, which is a major city, so they can get all the surrounding cities when the Forbidden Door was announced. People bought tickets for that. Um, so maybe they're just saving their money. It's expensive. I mean, you go look at collision at the United center because the building's so expensive. I mean, they were lower level seats for, you know, 45 bucks after taxes and fees. You're probably looking at like 55 bucks, but these center seats are going for $150 face value. Like that's how much it costs. You take your three kids. I mean, that's $450 right there. I, and you expect people to go Saturday and Sunday. You know, it's not like WrestleMania weekend when people make a vacation out of it and save their money and stuff like that. Collision is going to have a little bit of a struggle out of the gate with ticket sales because it's summer. It's summer. But the biggest thing is the ratings. And I don't like to make a lot about the ratings, but the ratings are going to be the tell for Collision. If they're doing sixes and sevens, I don't think they're going to give two shits about the ticket sales. They'll just go to smaller venues and sell five, six, seven thousand seats, you know? Oh, those weather patterns are a great shit, pal. 
1871 in Toronto, 883 in Hamilton, 1353 in Regina. Calgary's got 3,500. Newark, we talked about this on the spaces. Yeah, 4,400. 1757 in Greensville, South Carolina. And Greensboro, North Carolina is uh, nearing 3,000. So uh, there is uh, obviously a little, little peak and valley there. Uh, a little increase coming back to the United States. But a lot of people are already doom, uh, deeming this doom and gloom, Drew. I mean, it, I, I don't understand why fans are so fucking obsessed with ticket sales. Like, ticket sales have no bearing on how I feel about a show. If there's Now, 883 is a little ridiculous. Hopefully that's not the, the case when we get to that show. But if there's 2,000 people, bro, in a fucking venue that Tony Khan rents out, that's 10,000 deep. As long as you're loud and making noise and you're not dead like, uh, like uh, wh- what's that fuck? Corpses Christy, Texas, you know? <laughs> that's a good nickname. I, I, I mean, like that's all I care about. As long as Tony yeah. Khan puts on a great show and there's talent that I, that I want to see that we haven't seen on the show, then I'm okay. People are making big deals, bro, lately. all And, and I know social media is a very small vocal minority. I, I'm a part of that. But... Ratings, man, ratings and analytics and quarter by quarter hourly breakdowns and attendance figures. I mean, why are people nowadays so involved in this thing? Are they using it as a vehicle to say, oh, WWE is better than AEW or do they really have no fucking life here? No, it's just something where like you can't count wins and losses, right? Because this is not um, sports. It's sports entertainment, but it's not there's not like. You know, AEW's in the AFC, if I'm using football references, and WWE's in the NFC. And, you know, this is a win for us and a loss for that. There's no way to uh, productively count that. So what they're doing is, you know, WWE is selling 9,000, 10,000. They're going through a hot period right now. They have some of the most hottest acts in the game. And AEW was crushing it where WWE was struggling years, you know, two a year or two ago. So I think we just need to put that to bed. And I also think that the CM Punk's a failure on the second run is fucking ridiculous. Like let's pump the brakes. It's summer. It's unfair to CM Punk. I don't mean to sound like a CM Punk Homer, but it, it didn't matter if they put Godzilla against CM Punk on this collision and next week's collision, et cetera, et cetera. It's the summer. I, the ratings matter, but the ticket sales, they matter to a certain extent, but I think we make too much of this stuff. Let's see what they put out as a product. Let's hope there's storyline advancement and stop deeming this a failure before it even it, kicks off. That's, that's, where, that's where it's easy. It's an easy target, bro. CM Punk is an easy target. Like, CM Punk is a failure. Like, he can't sell tickets in Canada. I, I mean, I mean, there, there's a, a, a plethora of reasons why, you know, people don't want to go to the show. Summer and the nicer weather is one of them. You know, CM Punk, did he turn off people to the AEW product? Possibly. I, I know there are a few people on my side that don't really care about CM Punk and they don't want to watch what, what show CM Punk is on. You know, some people didn't want to have him back in the company. I know Jesse was very vocal about it on Wednesdays. Yeah, I don't know if Punk is really, you know, the guy I want to see back after what he did. He turned a lot of people off. You're going to choose the elite. You're going to choose Punk. People are going to choose sides. But to throw him choose under the bus. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, to throw him under the bus is completely unfair. Uh, and, and then people are going to be microscope, uh, you know, on CM Punk even further with the ratings. If they don't do, you know, anywhere in the vicinity of what Dynamite usually does, 850 to 900,000, if it's like 600, that first show is going to be great. But then it goes mm-hmm. down into the sixes and uh, the 600s and then the 650s. People are going to automatically, oh, Punk is a failure. His show is uh, not, not deemed a success because it's 
not not a ratings juggernaut like uh, fucking SmackDown. And that's that's the biggest misconception. I think Warner Media, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, would be thrilled to have a sh- two shows do 1.5, 1.6 million combined. Yeah. I think that's a win for them. Um, they yeah, but how many people? Getting- how many people looking at combined ratings though? I mean, n- nobody's really looking at that. The logical people are, but like the, the right. casual geek on social media is not looking at that. And what happens when Collision outdraws the Dynamite? Then what? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It could happen. I'm just saying it could happen. If you do CM Punk versus MJF on one of these collisions, you might pop an eight, a nine. I, I'm just saying, you know, I think CM Punk's going to wrestle a lot on Saturdays on TNT. As he should. Um, yeah. And I think that you're going to see a lot of former WWE talent that signed over with AEW getting their opportunities that you all are clamoring for on collision. So I think we need to give this show a chance. I think this might be something that we really all enjoy as professional wrestling fans, and that's what this is all about. Stop deeming this stuff, the show, the brand, a failure before it even kicks off. And I see everybody on social media and some other places that, oh, we have a hard brand split. Who said that? Tony Khan didn't say that. Tony Khan didn't say that. He, uh, so I'll get to that. he, he did have a comment yeah. on this to, to uh, I believe it was uh, Barstool today. I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. And Punk's the face of that brand because right now they're not having – what happened at All In, which was a disaster. Punk completely emasculated the entire company and his and the owner, Tony Khan, in front of everybody, and it should have never happened. It should have never happened, but it did. We've moved on from it. They chose to make money, but we have one brand on one side, one group of wrestlers on one side, and we have CM Punk on the other. And it's okay because there's a prefla. I mean, the talent uh, in AEW, there's so much, they don't even know what to do with it. No. So it's fine. No, I, I think a brand split. I'll get Tony Khan did mention a brand split. I, I think a brand split would work wonders for them. I don't know how deep they're going to go and how hard they're going to go on a brand split. But Tony Khan, bro, you know he's been he's been guilty of a couple things here and there. Uh, a lot of people don't look at him as a true leader. A lot of a lot of people look at him as a, as a mark for the business and a fan who's making uh, it seem like he he knows what he's doing and he's uh, the best booker of the year and this and that. Uh, I, I don't know how much help Tony Khan had in those first beginnings of AEW, the first couple years of AEW. I don't know how much the Bucks had to say in that. I don't know how much Kenny Omega had to say in that. I don't know how much Cody had to say in that. But clearly he was being helped because I do feel AEW is not the same AEW as it was in year two, year three, uh, even in year one. It just felt a little bit more, uh, I don't know what the right word is, a little bit more raw, a little bit more uh, alternative. It's not really an alternative anymore uh, because uh, I've said this on my side on, on my show when you got Triple H leading the charge over on WWE half the time, you know, you can't really consider yourself the alternative when Triple H was doing that well before Tony Khan even brought AEW into existence. So he was doing that before Tony Khan. But has Tony Khan made mistakes along the way? Yes. But has the mistakes Tony Khan made, Drew, is it something that also turned people off? His lack of leadership, the fact that he let this, this scrum get out of hand, the fact that he's got announcements every fucking week that people will get turned off by. Maybe maybe the launch of Collision and the way he's handled it, maybe that's a turnoff for people. We should look – I said this on The Spaces, man. We, we should be looking at a completely full card for Saturday, and we got nothing but this six-man tag. And it's the six-man tag everybody doesn't want. The six-man tag that everybody wants is the one that we're not getting. But they're not going to give you that out of the I know. Game. I know. And but you that's know, how and people I, think. Sure. And what I – you know, to, to the question about Tony Khan – I would have never, and I, you know, I, I'm not in that position. I don't have Tony Khan's money. I don't have Tony Khan's, you know, TV deal. I don't have Tony Khan's company. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you know, this is what I would have done. 
but I, I, if I was Tony Khan, I'd, I wouldn't have let that press conference happen. Um, I'd have to be in that moment. As soon as that happened, I would have probably grabbed the microphone away from CM Punk and just been like, okay, like you've had enough. Um, and that's it. But I could see how people were turned off about it, but I think Tony Khan is a businessman and a smart one. Um, we've seen that. And now he's doing business. A lot of people are like, I can't believe you're getting back into bed with CM Punk. Truthfully, who else is out there that's going to make an impact in the professional wrestling game for AEW? Their ratings have dropped since CM Punk has been on the shelf and have, has left and had that whole legal battle or whatever. We, oh, know, I'm fucking thrilled that CM Punk is back. I don't give a and shit. Sh- like, I don't and give you a should shit. be. Like, I, I, gave a shit, I gave a shit to an extent about what he did because it, it, as a fan, it makes me look at the company as like, what the fuck are you guys doing, man? You're running a right. sloppy shop over there. But the fact that you know CM Punk is coming back, I'm thrilled. I'm excited that he's back. I'm excited for Saturday. I'm excited yeah. for every other Saturday that CM Punk is on the show. I think Punk is going to bring a sense of realism and legitimacy. And what is missing from AEW, man, is the fucking long-term booking and the long-term stories and the investment. Tony Khan and AEW have not really done that. MJF has kind of dabbled in it here and there. But there really hasn't been. You know what they need, bro? They need a bloodline story on AEW. They don't have that. How do we get that? I think CM Punk could be that for AEW if the guy that he feuds with is the right guy. How, how do we differentiate Dynamite and, and Collision now? Uh, is is Tony Khan going to make the show separate? Are they going to feel different from one another? I don't I don't know. Raw and SmackDown don't real, really feel vastly different outside the colors and the fact that one is two hours and one is three hours. But do we need Dynamite to feel different then collision and vice versa. Yeah, you do. I think you absolutely do. And I think to, you know, to backtrack to your original point that I didn't really get to was I think the difference between Tony Khan and triple H and the people that triple H has at WWE is they've all been in the trenches. Yeah. They've all worked. They've all been world champions in, you know, their retro, you know, in, in respective fields. Um, and they've been on top, you know, maybe not every single one of them, but majority of them. And Tony Khan is not that. And that's no disrespect to Tony Khan, but any good leader, good booker, good whatever needs to surround himself with people who are going to make him or her better. And Tony, you know, the rumor is that he took away all the power from people, right? I think that was a mistake. I think he should have, and I don't know this to be factual, so I'll just go with what I read, which could be a mistake, but I would have kept my door open and maybe he does, he being Tony Khan, because I think the more voices that have done and had success in the professional wrestling business, the better you are as a booker. I hated the, the, I, 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 I hated the rumor that he took away the power from the young bucks. Cause I honestly feel like when he did that, the tag team division fucking went downhill. Yeah. And that's what they built. That's agree. what they built the company on tag team wrestling. This was the best tag team division of all time. And, and it hasn't felt the same since. I, I mean, what the hell are the guns year, doing too? What the hell are the guns doing now? Where are they? The gun club. Yeah, they were just the tag team champions. What? What? Where are they? They, they may be uh, with Jay White, Bullet Club. Maybe. Gold. I mean, I'm just saying, like that. You know, they were over like Rover. What, what about the acclaimed? Yeah. What happened? What they had the best tag team division in all of professional wrestling, and now it's like FTR is still the greatest. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, the Bloodline and and KO and Sammy stole that. WWE have a better tag team division than AEW does. Yeah, now, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know what they do with uh, the differentiating of the shows, but uh, I do feel that the excitement for this, and and yes, I do gauge social media because I'm on social media every day. It's how I operate my business and what I do here. 
uh, there is uh, very little excitement. I think the only excitement that we see is people putting down the fucking show on Saturday night and really waiting for something bad to happen so they can rip it apart. But why? as far as the, I don't know. I, I, why, why don't fans, what is the logical end? Why can't fans enjoy the show? You and I are going to enjoy the show. You're going to be there. I'm going to be watching at home. Why can't fans legitimately just joy, enjoy professional wrestling for the sake of loving professional wrestling? Why does everything have to be, you know, oh my God, all, all these other different outside aspects that we shouldn't really be concerning hate, with? Yeah, I think people hate watching. I also think people are so envious of, of certain things that they just, they have nothing good to say. And it's a shame. Like, realistically, wrestling has always been an escape for me. It's something I watch to be entertained. If something doesn't happen that I wanted, I don't sit back and storm like a spoiled kid at Toys R Us. Probably a dated reference because Toys R Us isn't around anymore. Shout out to all you young kids who don't know what the hell Toys R Us is. But I just think that we, as a society, not all of us, but some of us, majority, um, like, hate watch things. It's terrible. Like, do you want to know the ending of The Sopranos before you watched the show, you know, when it no. was airing? I didn't. So I don't need to know everything that happens in professional wrestling before it happens. And also, you know, if something doesn't go the way I want it to go, I'm not going to be like, this shit sucks. No, it's okay. Like, it's not the story they're telling. Let me see what story they're trying to tell. Now, Tony Khan was asked about CM Punk's return and the fan reaction towards CM Punk. I believe he was with Barstool Wrestling uh, and Brandon Walker on Barstool. He said this, and I quote, well, I think it'll be very exciting to see how fans react. There was a large amount of boos when the announcement was initially made, but there was also a large amount of cheers. It was uh, in fucking San Diego. Yes, I know. I know. That, that's People didn't really pick up on that. Uh, but I'm expecting a very positive reaction, says Tony Khan, particularly in Chicago for the first episode. I think then going forward, CM Punk's one of the most popular wrestlers in the world, so certainly he's going to get a great reaction. And depending on who his opponent is and the type of reaction he's trying to get, I expect CM Punk to connect with the crowd as well as anybody in the entire world of pro wrestling. He's an amazing connection with the fans, and I think that's part of his longevity and his mystique is his amazing connection with crowds. CM Punk's a really great wrestler and really excited to have him back in AEW. Uh, he didn't really give it away on where he's going to be leading too much, Drew. Obviously, in Chicago, he's going to be a babyface. Uh, do you see CM Punk being a heel in uh, other cities after that initial Chicago show? Or do you think he's going to be an in-betweener and Punk's going to play it by ear? If he's booed, he's going to play a heel. If he's sheer, he's going to play a babyface. I don't, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I don't want to, I, wow, well, I would book him as, if he's with FTR, then... He's a babyface, yeah. De facto babyface, right? Yeah. And I really feel like they're going after those six-man tag team championships. I feel like that's... As they should, yeah. And I feel like what we're going to get at All In is the match everybody wants, baby. That's what I feel. Truthfully, I feel like everybody wants that match, and they're going to get it. Six-man tag team championship. Kenny and the Bucks taking on FTR and CM Punk at Wembley Stadium. That's where I think this all heads. I think that CM, FTR is what they're calling themselves, right? I think they win the uh, trios championship on a episode of collision. Um, Cause the first match back for CM Punk conveniently is a six man tag match. Um, it's to keep him protected him being CM Punk. I get it. Um, but I think we really need to stop viewing CM Punk as this um, failure and he's not a draw. He is, um, he is, we don't know. You don't have all the numbers. Sorry to Joe Schmo reading, watching this, or whoever's going to see this on Twitter. You don't know how much money CM Punk makes AEW in terms of merch sales. I don't. You don't. Stop trying to pretend like you know everything because we don't. It's obviously a, a profitable investment for Mr. Tony Khan and Warner Media because otherwise it was very easy to just say goodbye. And they didn't. 
business wise, I mean, anybody, you, you know, put your feelings aside about what he did at the at the scrum. He had his reasons. You know, he was not completely in the wrong. You know, there were a lot of guilty parties in that scrum. Uh, everybody, but you know, this better everybody than anybody had wrong, else. Everybody had right. You know, they had time that, and place, JD. Yes, time and place. But with what I was going to say is, you know, put yourself in Tony Khan's shoes. If CM Punk is available, are you bringing CM Punk in or are you not bringing CM Punk in? You're bringing fucking CM Punk in 10 times out of 10. If you don't, I'm going to call you a fucking idiot because you're a bad businessman. Name another per- talent out there that could help AEW right now. Nobody. Exactly. That's nobody. not under contract. Maybe Drew McIntyre, but he's going back to WWE. So nobody. And we're talking Drew McIntyre and CM Punk. CM Punk's up here. Yep. And no offense, Drew McIntyre, but he's about right here. Yeah. Sorry. Tony Khan did talk about the split or how the rosters would be separated via the Dynamite and Collision shows. He says this on Barstool, and I quote, I'm going to feature certain talents on certain shows, but I haven't drawn any hard lines or locked us into any kind of roster split. I think people are going to be featured on certain shows, but I also think that gives us a great opportunity to showcase certain wrestlers on both Dynamite and Collision at certain times and certain stories that can cross the shows. I think the champions of AEW will be champions in every show. And frankly, every promotion in the world, we're not shy about the AEW wrestlers going out and taking on top stars, top competition from other companies. Uh, The roster we have is so strong. I believe we have so many great wrestlers. It's impossible to showcase them all in three hours of television. Now it's much better opportunity with five hours of television across five hours of TV. We can really utilize the roster much more frequently and utilize our great wrestlers more than they've ever been used before. So I'm very excited. He didn't really give any leeway, but, you know, some guys that you haven't seen, some ladies that you haven't seen are going to show up now with Collision on the way. But I do think that AEW would benefit from a brand split, bro. I honestly feel if they really attacked this thing like WWE and separated the brands and put certain championships on on, on certain shows, I, I genuinely feel it would benefit Collision because you'd only see a guy like Miro or Andrade or Punk on that show And you'd have to watch Dynamite to go see the Elite. I feel like they have so many top guys that if you separate them and put them as the featured acts on both of these shows, people would be more likely to go out there and watch these shows on a Wednesday or a Saturday night instead of having everybody kind of mishmashed and appear on both shows. Yeah, I literally just wrote down three names that I think benefit uh, this the most, and that would be Punk, Miro, and Andrade, truthfully, and you name them. Uh, I would even throw, you know, Hangman Page, who I know that CM Punk had some choice words for, but this helps these talent get the most coveted thing in the wrestling business, and that's TV time. Yeah. So let them get it. Some of the women should be over there, too. Uh, They have, the AEW has such a stacked, loaded roster that this second show, that's not Collision, because that show sucks. Sorry. Um, you mean Rampage? Whatever. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Rampage. Collision doesn't suck. Rampage <laughs> sucks. I, I'm, I'm turning into these people on Twitter where I'm saying it sucks before it happens. Rampage absolutely is the shits. Um, but Collision, this is going to help Pac, et cetera, et cetera. These yes. type of talents. You know, this TV and exposure and TV time is so valuable, and I think this helps. It's so welcomed. Four or five talents should be brand exclusive in my opinion they don't have to come out and say it but i think you know those three that we named and some a couple others should be only featured on saturday night and some should only be featured on wednesday night let's see who draws do you think tony khan is feeling some hesitancy from the uh, aew fans about how he handled rampage do do you think that those fans feel like he's going to handle collision the same way do you see 
collision after obviously a few a few weeks on TV, a few months on TV, do, do you feel like collision may end up like a rampage? Or is it going to be I, the true B show and maintain that true B show status for AEW? Yeah, I don't feel like uh, Collision will end up like Rampage. There's two reasons. Well, there's probably three, but the first one is besides the United Center uh, first dance and then like one or two Rampages where CM Punk was on it, I believe, the one at Arthur Ashe, and then there was another one. Those shows seemed friggin' meaningless, yeah. absolutely meaningless. I didn't even, there was like no storyline development uh, that carried on to Dynamite. There was no reason to watch it, truthfully. It was just like, we have all these guys and girls on talent. Let's give them some some time so they don't feel left out. And now with Collision, it seems like we are actually going to see a week-to-week episodic build to some things, I hope. I mean, we don't, we don't have anything in front of us yet. But if you have said talent on certain brands, they're going to be the featured stars of the brands. That's good. It gives them the 15, the 20 minutes of TV exposure that they necessarily wouldn't get on Dynamite or we only see them every other week, them being the talent. This helps, um, and I think it's beneficial. And and Collision will be the de facto B show. It might even go to the the A show if it outdraws Dynamite. I mean, we saw that with Raw and SmackDown. Yes, it yes, there was one moment. There was one uh, period where SmackDown was actually outdrawing uh, WWE back in 2016, and then uh, then Jinder Mahal got the championship, and things went uh, poof. So yeah, and AEW should embrace <laughs> should embrace some of this. You know, the, the hour they have, make it like a Velocity or a Sunday Night Heat where you saw some some newer talents. They had, like, Dark for, like, 48 hours, it seemed like. Like, Dark was wrestling for, like, eight hours and then another eight hours, Dark Light and Dark Medium and Dark Roast. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. Like, just give me an hour of some of the guys and girls that, you know, may be up and coming and give them a little bit of exposure here and there. But the whole, like, the way they went about this was like, wrestling, 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 wrestling. And it was like, guys. Give me a minute, you know? So what do we use a Rampage as now? The the the, the TV exposure for those people, uh, those men and women that are uh, maybe on the cusp of being TV ready? Because right now, Ring of Honor is uh, basically Rampage. <laughs> That's what I feel yeah. like. Yeah, and I feel like Ring of Honor, I feel like once we get this deal that happens, I feel like Ring of Honor will probably be on Max yeah. um, as a streaming show. There's a couple ways you can go about it. Like I said, turn it into a, you know, Saturday, well, not a Saturday, but like a Sunday night at 11 o'clock on TBS or TNT or whatever, um, Discovery, what, I don't care, and just feature some people. Or, you know, they could go a completely different route and be different. And what I mean different is WWE doesn't have this, but make that hour time slot an all-women show. I don't know if they have the talent to do it, enough talent. I'm not saying they don't have talent on the roster. I just don't know if they have enough talent to fill an hour. Yeah, That's something they could do. They could. Everybody's favorite bad guy here, Eric Bischoff, before we uh, move on to the next uh, topic of discussion here. Eric Bischoff, uh, I know Drew just got saying that CM Punk is a star. He's a draw. I absolutely agree he is. He's a star and a draw. Eric Bischoff was quoted uh, uh, saying only a couple days ago that he's not a star and that he didn't deliver. He turned into a bitch, and then he turned into something a little darker than just being a bitch and being whiny, and the audience has started to turn against him. Now, the rabid CM, CM Punk fan base has diminished substantially, says Bischoff, because of all the uh, bullshit and drama and politics backstage and the fights and the biting and the dog and the scratching and the hair pulling and whatever else went on. It sounds like it's a little bitch fest to me, says Eric Bischoff. Um, 70,000 tickets 
Uh, I would establish the fact that I could sell 70,000 tickets without him, and they sold 65,000 tickets, and then they announce him. How many additional tickets have they sold? 700? Like a percent? Whatever it is, it's incremental at best. And now they're having a hard time selling out these collision shows with Punk as the centerpiece. Am I right or am I right, says Bischoff. When I said that, I took so much heat for this. CM Punk is the most overrated. I didn't even say potential. I said he was going to be the biggest financial flop in wrestling history, and I think I've been proven right every minute of the day, uh, says Eric Bischoff. What do you make of his comments? A financial flop? I I mean, we haven't even gotten the CM Punk train rolling yet. How How can we say he's a financial flop for AEW when... Clearly, they sold 70,000 tickets to Wembley uh, without announcing a single match, and he's going to be a draw for them moving forward. How can he be a financial flop? First of all, I have an immense amount of respect for Eric Bischoff because I think uh, EB knows exactly what he's talking about in terms of the professional wrestling game and the television game and everything that goes into building a successful brand and company because WCW was the only credible threat that WWE had. And Eric Bischoff had a lot of good creative ideas. I think the detriment to Bischoff was the creative uh, freedom. He gave some of his talent. And also uh, he was really never his own boss. Cause he had somebody else yes. telling him what to do with AOL. Um, the t-shirts, bro. How many times did uh, pro wrestling yeah. crash? I, look, the the pay-per-view I, I, buys, bro. That's what I based the financial flop nonsense off of. When, and, when Punk was yeah. there, bro, they did what? Oh, near near 230,000 buys on pay-per-view. I don't and, think they even come close to that with, without Punk being no, there. No, and that's that was my next point here is that we don't know the tele- we don't know um the t-shirt sales, what he's done and what percentage he takes and everything else like that. We have no idea truthfully of CM Punk is a financial flop. The only person that would know that is probably Tony Khan and the finance department over at AEW. I could tell you this, the ratings have dropped since Punk isn't on their television programming for Dynamite and the pay-per-view buys. CM Punk was doing record numbers. Yes. When CM Punk was on the pay-per-views, they were doing record numbers. So, with all due respect to Eric, I I don't I don't view CM Punk as a financial flop because from what I could see, Linear-wise, CM Punk is a draw because the pay-per-view numbers and the and everything else has dropped when he's not on their program. So, I I I don't know, man. I think it's just hate, just for the sake of hate. I, I think that's how he garners his attention and his views. Uh, Jesse and I talked about that on Wednesday. I think he's just doing it for the sake of he's got nothing else to really generate interest for his show. But as far as I don't think they like each other, and I think this is that's there's fine. a lot of like yeah, but there but so. You know, there's a lot of that in this space, too. You know, uh, a lot of people just don't like people by de facto. So they're like, this guy sucks and he's a bigot and all this other stuff. And he's this and that. And you don't really know the person. We don't know if Punk is a draw or not. What we could see, I hate to say it to Eric Bischoff, it seems like he is a draw, man. I mean, because ticket sales aren't good. We're deeming him not a draw. It's summer. Everything else seems like he is a draw. And realistically, the network, all they give a shit about is ratings. And and the pay-per-view buys are high when he's on the show. Yeah. So Eric Bischoff says that. Kevin Nash says that uh, he didn't think for a minute that he wasn't going to show up, CM Punk. And uh, he feels like AEW as a whole will make sure Collision delivers. And doing so on a Saturday night will not be an easy task. I think it might do well uh, Kevin Nash, who I think is a great mind. Love Kevin Nash. Uh, I think it might do well, but before uh, doubt immediately creeps in 
It is summertime, he says. So he knows that better than anybody. And I'm sure Tony Khan uh, is uh, already uh, hankering down the fucking uh, gates because he knows what's to come this summer. But everybody sees sees what Tony Khan's up against. And Tony Khan knows what Tony Khan is up against. You know, And you don't launch this show in September because no. it's college football, it's, it's football season. You, you get it out now. And realistically, Warner Discovery needs programming. So this is when you launch it. They're losing the NHL. They're losing the NBA because both seasons are concluding. The NBA is done. It's the right time. It's the right call. Um, and I, Kevin Nash, there you won't have, I will never utter a bad word about the no. man because he, just, he knows what he's talking about. Uh, to go back, one last thing on Eric Bischoff, Drew. If, if Collision is um i just lost my train of thought collision you know i I feel like with what he said and and i hate that i lost my train of thought here because i did have a good point i guess we'll cycle back to it i just can't think about what i said now fuck i hate when that happens well i mean you were talking about bischoff and collision and i think eric is waiting for the fall does collision collision, does collision happen without cm punk no who the who the hell is going to be the draw Tony Tony Khan has made it seem like collision would have happened regardless. AEW would have gotten more hours of television from Warner Discovery without CM Punk. I don't believe that for a fucking second. Without Punk, bro, this show does not happen at all, especially in the primetime slot on Saturday night. Maybe. Maybe. Because Tony Khan would know better than anybody else, but I... I, I don't know where's the star power. Who are you bringing over from, you know, the, the quote-unquote dynamite roster to headline collision? This is the perfect storm. CM Punk really doesn't, or maybe, you know, they haven't buried the hatchet. Who the hell knows? They don't want to have the elite and CM Punk in the same, you know, arenas or dressing rooms because it's just, it's it's oil and, and water. So, Punk is, it's a perfect scenario. Put him over on Saturday nights and let him draw there. I, I don't think the show happens without Punk. I don't. No. No, I don't know where that narrative came from. That was something that was being talked about as well. I do think that without Punk, this show does not happen at all. Uh, we got a couple more things, and then we'll get into your questions and Super Chats, guys. I want to thank Osaki who donated major in the chat tonight. Love you, brother. Thank you so much. I see your generosity and your support. We will get to everybody in just a little bit. I know we talked about this one on The Spaces, Drew, and uh, you and I, are, I don't know who has heard or hasn't heard the spaces, but we'll uh, uh, briefly brush up on this. Disney is interested in rights to WWE programming, uh, what this means for Fox and NBC Universal. That remains to be seen. Their exclusive negotiating window is now finished. That doesn't mean they can't still negotiate, but Disney is interested in WWE programming. They're still with Peacock as WWE through uh, 2025. So, um, I know you talked about this with the crew on the spaces, Drew. Does this mean that Monday Night Raw and SmackDown could they land on ESPN or other some other uh, network under the uh, Disney family for both Raw and SmackDown when the time comes? Yeah, it won't be ESPN um, for Raw at least. Um, I mean, they could put Friday Night SmackDown on ESPN, um, but there's a lot that goes into Friday Night programming on ESPN. It's very heavy during basketball season. Yep. I just don't see that. I think FX is probably the landing spot uh, for one or both of these. You know, the Peacock deal expires in 2026, and I think that you know Disney um, would love to have that because they could throw it on ESPN Plus. I mean, UFC's contract with ESPN ends in 2025, so to re up with UFC and then bring WWE on would be a major get. You saw YouTube TV when 
everybody and their mother laughed me off social media saying that they would never be in the live streaming business in terms of live games and everything else like that. They got Sunday ticket, them being YouTube TV, and they paid a boatload for it, NFL Sunday ticket. So I think you're going to see more entities because that window of exclusivity has closed. Disney, Amazon, probably come at WWE's doorstep. And this was always going to happen. So I, I want people to understand that WWE was very smart. Unless there was a blowaway offer, they were always going to see the other offers that were going to come into Stanford. And now we're seeing that. I think WWE could end up with Disney, their content being on ESPN Plus in a couple of years here. And we'd see Raw and SmackDown on FX. And you could, man, could you could you imagine a special, you know, uh, Monday Night Raw on ESPN during the summer months when ESPN doesn't have a lot of content to throw out there? Is a possibility that SmackDown or Raw ends up on ABC? Could. It could. You know, I mean, there's a lot of programs. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of programming on that. Like, I think The Bachelor and The Bachelorette are on. They have, ABC has a lot of content. Um, yeah. it, it would be interesting to see, but I think the WWE having a special, like, again, Saturday night main event for a night. Um, they have already branded their house shows that, so they could do that on ESPN. And ESPN during the summer months needs programming desperately. So I could see it. I could see it. I just don't see WWE leaving Fox or, or NBCU. I, th I think NBCU is so ingrained in the WWE product. I mean, I, I can't even imagine Monday Night Raw not being on USA Network. And I think Fox, especially with what's happened lately, uh, I think they're over the moon about the ratings for SmackDown. I don't know why they would uh, not want WWE back as part of their family. But a lot of people, you know, YouTubers on, on, on here making content. They got fucking thumbnails with Roman Reigns with Mickey Mouse ears. And they already got Roman Reigns coming out uh, with Mickey Mouse at WrestleMania 40 and fucking Goofy and Donald and the whole brigade. I mean, uh, people are already claiming that they are with Disney. You know, Nick Khan had dinner with ESPN higher ups not too long ago before WrestleMania. He's going to sit down with anybody and everybody to ensure WWE gets the best deal. That's why Vince McMahon yeah. brought him in. He's right. going to be talking to everybody. So that doesn't mean he's, you know, Disney's interested. Oh, WWE's going to Disney. I do feel like Fox and NBC still have first dibs here and that WWE will listen to them first Absolutely. and foremost. Absolutely. And the thing with Nick Khan is, like, you're right. Nick Khan was brought into WWE to secure bags. Yes. That's the, and that's what he's doing. He is making sure that WWE gets the best financial offer that they can have uh, on their doorstep and they'll sign it. And again, to your point, NBC leased this library and they get the PLEs till 2026. I would assume that there's going, there's a, uh, a reason they did that. I think they would, you know, WWE and NBC universal, even had the conversation of maybe NBC universal was going to buy WWE yeah. at one point. I think this, the conversation and the, the window will always be open on both sides with Fox and with NBC Universal, but you don't sign that type of contract to lease something for the amount of money they leased it for to not have a crack at keeping um, the live program. Does, does the, the whole thing about the WWE content roof being all over? It's like, um, it's like they got pieces here, they got pieces there, they got pieces over here. Is it something that Nick Khan may have in the back of his mind where he wants to kind of consolidate all the WWE content and have it on one in one place under one umbrella under one family because right now if we're talking about WWE going to Disney then WWE Network would have to be on I, I feel like if they do sign with Disney 
then that means their Peacock relationship in 2025 more than likely will come to an end because the WWE Network will probably just be moved to Disney Plus and it'll be an app on Disney Plus. And then you get WWE maybe going the pay-per-view route and doing the ESPN model where they charge $70 for a WrestleMania and a $70 for a Royal Rumble. Is it something that they are possibly thinking about as far as keeping everything that they own and everything that they have under one umbrella instead of having Fox here and NBC here and Disney over here? Well, I'll say this. Um, I think Nick Khan and WWE is going to take the best financial offer, um, whether it's one piece of the pie or all of the pie. And I'll use an example for you and your fans here um, and our and our viewers. If you had um, your Monday nights and your Friday night shows, your review shows on YouTube TV, and they paid you $200 million, and then this show got picked up by another streaming company for $150 million, and you know, you're making $400 million or whatever the numbers I threw out there because you separated them. Yeah. And it's more lucrative than having them on under one umbrella. You're going to take the most lucrative deal. And that's what WWE is going to do. I don't think WWE is going to sit back and be like, well, I'd like to have everything under one umbrella. Now there's a caveat to that because Endeavor and WWE yeah. are, that's the biggest thing because Endeavor's in bed with ESPN yep. and Disney. So we got to watch that. But I think WWE has done a very good job in Nick Khan and Vince McMahon and everybody else. Oh, I know we mentioned Vince McMahon, so be careful. Has done a very good job of making sure that they can grab as much money as they possibly can from every entity. Because right now I feel like, do you feel like maybe Fox has a say in what they want on the show and then NBC gets upset about, oh, Fox got this. I remember back uh, a couple of years ago when I think Roman wrestled Kevin Owens in a Hell in a Cell match. NBC complained, I want a Hell in a Cell match. And then they put Bobby Lashley and Xavier yes. Woods in a fucking Hell in a Cell on Monday Night Raw. It's something like that I don't like. I don't like the clashing of crybabies from the networks because one show got something and the other show got neglected. I feel like with them being under one umbrella, we'll see less of that. Yeah. With them having you know pieces of the pie all over the place, do you feel like that could be a potential problem in the future, because I don't like that. I like everything to just be, you know, hey, this show is this show, and that show is that show, and I don't need fucking network suits and ties complaining that this show got it and we didn't. Well, I'll tell you what. If I was paying the amount of money that both these companies are and one was getting a, a better deal than me, I'd be pissed. But I get what you're saying, um, and that that could be something that they look at, but at the end of the day, if they put a hell in a cell on SmackDown and then NBC Universal calls and the WWE would just be like, F it. All right, we'll give you a hell in a cell too. The match is going to be meaningless, but we'll make you happy, you knuckleheads. And that's what they did, essentially. I mean, that hell in the cell between Bobby and who was it? Xavier Woods, I think. Yeah, it was pointless. I mean, no offense to either of them, but it was a pointless match. It was just to appease the network, and they did it. Um, and I agree with you. Like, that type of stuff sucks. But WWE has been dealing with that since they went public, truthfully. There's a board. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Nick Khan, his latest agenda, making NXT its own standalone brand. I laugh when I read this because they did have NXT as its own standalone brand. You guys remember Black and Gold? I remember Black and Gold. Uh, he wants to make it viable to Raw and SmackDown. Seth Rollins, obviously, we talked about this earlier in the show, is uh, set to wrestle Braun Breaker next week for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship on Tuesday night. Um, is, is this a joke, Drew? Is this something that the fans are going to look at and laugh and not really even bat an eyelash at because we did have black and gold. Vince and Bruce fucked it up. Now Nick Khan wants to kind of bring it back to what it used to be. I don't know why they blew it up in the first place if this was his ultimate goal. Now they want to go back on everything. Is it a good look or is it a black eye for NXT? And have they lost the faith in the fans to make this brand and this show viable in any sense of the word? 
Well, again, Nikon is going to try and secure as much money as he possibly can for all of their broadcasting entities. And I hate to sound like um, a PR person and like a financier, <laughs> but that's exactly what he's going to do. So, yeah, do I think that they should do this? No. Do I think it's going to be profitable? I'm not the one cutting the checks from the network, but you bet your ass I'm not giving you money for NXT. No. I'd put... I'd put that sucker on Peacock. That's just me. That, but, that, that, I, would, I would actually go back and watch the show if they did that because I feel like they'd have a little bit more leeway. It would be back to its original roots, kind of. How good was NXT bro? on Peacock when we had Shinsuke and Owens? And I know the talent is different now, but I feel like if you took it off USA Network and made me like have to go find it, yes. it sounds like ridiculous. I'd probably watch it. Bro, it was the number one thing. It was the number one reason why I even subscribed to the network outside the, the monthly pay-per-views. That was Agreed. it. I mean, it was, it was millions of people watched NXT every every single week. I reviewed it every week. I loved it every week, but it, it just there's hasn't an, felt the same. Yeah, there's not an ounce right now of like I haven't seen any original content hit Peacock, which is no. interesting. There's not like, you know, Broken Skull Sessions. There's no, you know, like documentary. There's nothing. And we were getting bombarded with them after every PLE. And now that's kind of fallen yeah, off. Those 24 segments, right? Now, now yeah. everything's on A&E. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I get it. Like, they've gotten their money. But, man, if I'm Peacock, you know, they I guess they can't say much because they got the tape library and they get PLEs. I'd be like, hey, can we get some original content here besides the PLEs too? Like, give me uh, – can I get Steve to do a Broken Skulls? Can we do something? I don't – I give me something because realistically – Peacock and the WWE network on Peacock is basically just for PLEs and for people to go back and watch old shit, truthfully. Yeah. So that's uh, Nick Khan's latest narrative and agenda, so we will see what happens there. But, yes, he's trying to secure a bag, and he's trying to get uh, interest in NXT as they have contract negotiations, the TV right deals coming up. So that's uh, what he's doing there. I-, I find it to be laughable, but, you know, I miss black and gold. Everybody knows I do. But if they get anywhere close to that, maybe uh, Drew and I will uh, go back and watch from time to time. Uh, and finally, there is uh, frustration, Drew, in WWE about these new uh, titles that they're uh, basically remaking and trying to separate Raw and SmackDown with. Confusion with the term undisputed. Um, there was a call from the top as far as undisputed on SmackDown and more like a world heavyweight championship on Monday Night Raw. Uh, it, it honestly feels, Drew, that it's a 50-50 split between Vince and Triple H. Vince gets what he wants, Triple H gets what he wants, and everybody lives in uh, 50-50 harmonious uh, WWE creative. I don't know how you feel about this, but you know, I just, I, I find it to be silly. Well, the term undisputed to me is silly. So that's the only knock I'll give, but the belts, um, excuse me, that's what people pull their pants up with or, or keep their pants up with the championships. Do you also get angry when people sneeze around you? No, <laughs> oh, okay. uh, championships, I think look great. I think that it's branding. So I get it, but I don't understand the undisputed tag when realistically those should be the wwe championships and the other side the raw side should be the world heavyweight championships you know women's world heavyweight championship men's world heavyweight championship and then roman and oscar can be holding the wwe championship and the wwe women's world championship now now, to be fair to be fair oscar is not really called the undisputed champion but the undisputed term is on the title belt and that's, that's where fans picked up on it but I don't think Vince or whoever came up with this concept knows what the term undisputed means. The way right. I see it, Drew, is that if Asuka is the undisputed champion, it m- kind of makes her, in theory, greater than what Rhea Ripley is. Because if you're undisputed, then you're the champion of champions. 
And they did this a long time ago, too, with the original brand split. Like, I believe, I don't know who was holding the WWE Championship, but it it felt inferior to the World Heavyweight Championship. Like, Raw had the, 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 the main championship. It was the World Heavyweight title. Triple H held it. Um, and then somebody who we don't talk about won it. And then, you know, it was always the, the main championship. And you're right. Terminology, undisputed championship. It makes the other two titles look inferior. And I don't understand why they went that route. It makes no sense. It, it, they could have just left it as WWE champion and WWE women's champion. I, why are we? I don't know. It's just it's very strange. I don't terminology undisputed means that they are the de facto number one. So are, are you okay with WWE? This is from Fightful, by the way. Uh, mm. WWE is uh, merging the Universal and WWE Championship histories. Uh, they are uh, together. So the WWE Universal Championship and the lineage is merged with the WWE Championship. How do you feel about that? Whatever. <laughs> Roman Whatever. Roman, Roman agenda. That's, that's all that is yeah. there. <laughs> I'm still going to sleep at like whatever time I get off here. I don't really give a shit. I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, do you, does it bother you? It doesn't bother me. All right. I mean, it doesn't bother me. Uh, the tag team titles, we'll end with this. Uh, I don't know why this is now becoming a thing. I, I just find it very fucking weird how they just now came up with this and they didn't realize this when the titles were first introduced. The NXT titles are being uh, merged with the women's tag team titles. The NXT tag team titles are being merged with, merged with the women's tag team titles on the main roster. And now the main roster tag team championships are going to be defended across all three shows. Uh, why did it take them so long, Drew, to come up with this logical and clearly uh, superior uh, option for the women's tag team division? I don't know. I mean, that was that should have been done a year ago. I mean, you, I get it. Like Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler showing up on NXT is like it's probably beneath them, quote unquote. Um, but they should have done this a long time ago. The NXT Women's Tag Team Championships should have never been introduced. Why Sorry. Why do you think they were? Do you think it was a Vince McMahon call because he didn't want... Because at that point, Triple H, this is the way I see it. Triple H ran mm -hmm. NXT at that time, and Vince McMahon didn't want any main roster stars on NXT. He felt like it was an inferior brand to what he was doing. Uh, you think Vince had a say in that, and Triple H said, well, I want tag team titles down here, so I'm going to make tag team titles. I think at times we try and like make everything... Um, like on the same playing field. And when it comes to the main rosters, because that's what it is, you can call NXT whatever you want. It's basically developmental yeah. um, with some television time. There are times where the women on the main roster have better matches and outdraw the men with the exception of Roman Reigns. Now, Seth being there is a different story, but I will say that that is warranted. But introducing all these secondary championships and tag team championships is overkill. Um and I say that with all due respect, I'd rather them drop the women's tag team titles and introduce a secondary women's championship because you have main event stars holding your tag team championships in the women's division. I, I It was just overkill. It really is. But if they introduce new championships, everyone would be like, it's like AEW. We get a new championship every like six months. So I understand. And it's almost like a lose-lose situation. They introduced it. They're getting rid of them now. I think that's great, but I don't know. I thought it was overkill when they introduced it, truthfully. It's Are we done with these titles? Are we going to get more titles being introduced, re renaming championships, or are we finished for now? I think WWE would be, uh, it would be beneficial for them to separate the tag team titles. Yes. Like, 
you know, have a, a SmackDown, ta- call them whatever you want. Uh, the Undisputed Tag Team Champions. W, like you said, WWE Tag Team titles in the world, uh, what, what what they have back in the world day? Tag the w- team world Tag Team Championships. Yeah. yeah. That's because, you know, they that needs to be done. Um, other than that, no, I don't. I think they should quit while they're ahead. There's a lot of there's a lot of championships floating around. There you go. We're going to get into the Super Chats. That is uh, all the pro wrestling coverage we have for you, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully you enjoyed this debut episode of TNT. How could you not? I don't know. Maybe there's, maybe there's somebody out there. I'm a part of it. You know what someone's going to hate. Oh, people hate me too. Don't worry. I mean, that's just That goes with the territory. Ladies and gentlemen. You hate all you want. Yeah, I know. I know. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. You can follow Andrew at Andrew Baydala on Twitter as well. Uh, what else you got going on, man? You want to promote anything else? I don't know. You got anything else going on? No, I mean, I, I call me Andrew. I haven't heard you call me Andrew in a long time. So. <laughs> that was, I mean, that was it. Follow me at, like JD said, at my Twitter and catch us every Tuesday night where you're going to get the most honest, hard hitting takes on professional wrestling. And if you think that, if JD says something outlandish that I won't get on him, you're crazy. And if you think that if I say something outlandish and JD doesn't like it, he won't get on me. Again, you got another thing coming. So yeah, we were good this first episode. So uh, give us some time. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, also, guys, hit that thumbs up. I'd love if you continue to hit that thumbs up as well. It helps the video and the live stream out. Continue to get those questions and super chats in, and go check out all the other content on the channel. There's plenty of it for you with more coming tomorrow. I'll be live with Jesse for AEW Dynamite and the post show right here on OTS. I have a question for you real quick before we get into this. Yeah. Uh, Mike Johnson just did a shoot interview with Nails here in, in Minnesota. Right? Really? Yeah. Nails hasn't talked in a long... I don't think he's ever talked ever. So I think what that's must he has contact. to say. I don't know. Shout out to Mike Johnson, though. He was in my hometown. Didn't even, didn't even buzz a brother. Uh, we got uh, M. Scarata with a four months as a member. Thank you, man. Can't wait for Collision. I am excited. I think a lot of people are excited, but uh, I see a lot of negativity surrounding uh, AEW at the moment for whatever reason. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. But I'll be here. I'll be live with Jesse, and it's going to be a fun time on Saturday night. Otis with 18 months. What's up, OTS family at work? But I'm not going anywhere. Shout out to JD, Jesse. And to you, my OTS family, for being my backbone when I'm down. Uh, thank you, Otis. I appreciate you for being here, man. Uh, Matt Carney with a 10. If you ran your own wrestling company, would you personally be able to deal with all the complexities of booking, reign in any toxic egos, maintain a dominant hand over any potential rival company? Uh, I, no, I wouldn't be able to do it myself, Matt, but that's why uh, you have a solid nucleus around you, and that's what Drew mentioned before. That's why Triple H has been so revered and respected because of the people that he surrounded himself with, and that's why NXT was the gold standard for what they were producing. I don't think Tony Khan has that. You know, he's hired a few people to surround himself with, with creative, and I know we didn't mention it, Drew, but Brian Danielson is working with Tony Khan, which I think is a fantastic idea. Those are the types of people he needs to surround himself with. Absolutely. And to that, that question, you need to have surround yourself with um, people who you can trust in the trenches and uh, creative minds. Look at Pat Patterson, Michael Hayes. I mean, just to name a few. Arn Anderson. Um, I mean, these are people you need uh, helping your company grow. Miles Marable with a 499. Logan Paul challenges set at SummerSlam, question mark, or does he get put into money in the bank? Um 
We don't know, Miles. Uh, he could be the open challenge for Seth Rollins, uh, seeking revenge on Rollins after WrestleMania. Um, I don't know, but uh, I could certainly see him in Money in the Bank for sure as uh, a uh, random seventh guy because I think what he brings to the table, that Money in the Bank ladder match, would be enhanced with him being in there. Let's just play this out for a second. Roman Reigns taking on one or both the Usos at SummerSlam, and you have Seth Rollins taking on Logan Paul at SummerSlam. I mean, that those are two, in my opinion, throwaways because Roman's not losing and Seth's not no. losing Logan Paul. I don't know if you could do it. I really don't. I don't know if you could do it. No, I wouldn't do it. I think that's a waste of uh, a Rollins title defense, and I would much rather see somebody who's there every, every week defended uh, or getting that opportunity. Uh, Phil with a 999. I love this. I've talked to both of you guys on Twitter spaces, and it's great. You have two great minds for the business. Stay safe. Cheers to many more great shows. OTS and TNT for life, says Phil. Thank you, brother. That was Phil Brooks. Phil Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Dud with a $10. Hey, guys. Great to see this. Really excited for Collision, but not about CM Punk. I'm actually excited about my boy Powerhouse Hobbs. Yes. This is the type of show where he gets to thrive, and I, I'd like to see more of Hobbs myself and uh, him get a breakout moment on Saturday night. J.D., what do you, th- and I agree, what do you think of the possibility of, uh, I know there was rumor and innuendo, maybe Goldberg being a part of AEW and he could be part of Collision. Do you, do you frown no. at that? Yes. Yes, I, I, do. I do too. I don't, I listen, do. I don't mind him being at all in because I, I, I'm fully expecting it to happen. Uh, if he wrestles Wardlow, and we get, uh, you know, a handful of Goldberg matches leading up to that. And he squashes a couple of guys here on Dynamite or Collision. I'm for that. I, yeah. I, do I like it? No. Do I expect it? Yes. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting it and I have to sit down and just uh, brace for the worst, honestly. And they that their brand does not fit the Goldberg at all. No. No. Jamal with a 199. Don't need the title for the Bloodline storyline to continue. I agree. Everything that happened after WrestleMania, Roman didn't need the title, but Vince uh, will have uh, his title on Roman. That's the end of the line. Scriptkeeper with a $5 super chat. Hey, JD, your cat says, if you can't get the likes up, I will. OTS and JD's cat for life. Thank you, Scriptkeeper. She's just hungry. She wants food, but she went to go sleep. She knows I'll be finished soon. Uh, Phil with a $9.99. We have to understand, besides the Chicago show this weekend, these collision shows are weeks away. Let the shows build. I'm excited for Collision. I'm going when they go to Connecticut on July 19th. Uh, like Drew said before, Phil, uh, fans don't have any patience nowadays. You know? The shows will be fine. I think Tony Khan's going to load up these shows in the next few weeks. So they're going to be banger shows. Cake with a $2 Super Chat. Thoughts on Collision being the show for men. I don't know what you mean by that. There will be women. Thunder Rose is on uh, Collision. There will be women's wrestling on collision. Yeah. Uh, Osaki drops a $500 super chat. Love $500? the new sh- 500 bomb, bro. Love the new show, brother. Great look. Fantastic discussion. Keep it up. I'll be listening every Tuesday. This guy's a fucking beast, man. He's one of my biggest supporters. Crazy. That's very nice. Pro Wrestling Podcast Hero is CM Punk. Debate over with a 199. I think Hero's uh, too glorious of a word. Do I think he's needed uh, pro wrestling podcast? Yes. Am I excited he's back? Yes. And so is Drew. Yeah. 
And Hollywood Guy, we round it out with a $5 Super Chat. Could Miro make his home on Collision, or will he appear on all three shows and add Andrade to that? I think Miro is going to be one of those guys that's going to be exclusive to Saturday night. Uh, I know there was a rumor going around that he was kind of difficult to work with, as was Andrade. I think those two guys are going to really be the two guys that Tony Khan has uh, this show really catered to. But uh, we will see what happens with Miro. I'm I'm excited for both of them, actually. And for all the keyboard warriors who... And it's been justified that all these talents that came over from WWE were horribly misused and there's no place for them. This is what Collision seems like it's all about. So tune in because the stars that you wanted to come to AEW to get a you know different look, different views, different this are going to get it on Collision. It seems. Yeah, Miro. I mean, I don't know what Miro is going to do creatively. He had a, a problem with the creative. So if he's coming back, they definitely have something decided for him. As does Andrade, and hopefully the, both of those guys can stay healthy because I, I do feel like their presence has been absolutely missed on TV as well. So that is all we got, man. That is all we got. Any uh, any closing words before we get the hell out of here? No, I just want to thank everybody who tuned in. Um, and thanks to everybody who made this possible. Uh, the logos and everything else like that. And this was a blast. I had a, a good time. Um, I look forward to doing these weekly. And you're going to see both of our ranges. Um, and it's going to be fun. Buckle there up. You, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on this Tuesday night. Next time you see me will be tomorrow night with Jesse. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a Twitter Spaces uh, either tomorrow or Friday, uh, maybe on Saturday before collision. We don't know. Uh, uh, we'll keep you posted, but uh, always keep Listen, it up to date. The Stanley Cup's over. I yeah. mean, Vegas is up 6-1, so TNT could not be more pleased right now. The collision is launching on Saturday. Yeah, that's a good point. So uh, you'll see us uh, on Twitter, guys. Follow me at JD from NY206. You can follow Drew at Andrew Baydala on Twitter. Uh, And like I said, we may launch a Twitter Spaces this weekend with a big show coming up. Just going over the latest news and rumors as we head into that show. Until then, guys, tomorrow, Wednesday, and then right back here next week with Drew on TNT. Thank you guys very much for all the support. We'll see you next week on Tuesday. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.